This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. A legendary Jewish poet once wrote, It's lonely at the top. And indeed, the higher you climb in politics, the lonelier it gets. And when you're the Prime Minister of Israel, which some might argue is the most difficult job in the world, and you need to decide whether or not to attack Iran, for instance, you can listen to smart people, sure, but no one will be there when you make the final decision. No one but you. And still, even Prime Ministers can't do everything by themselves. They must surround themselves with dedicated, smart, and excellent people who will help them say what they think from time to time, and most of all, will be there when they are needed. Topaz Luke was only 22 years old when he got a phone call from the Prime Minister of Israel. He was freshly out of Dover Tzahal, the luxurious IDF spokesman unit, where he specialized in social media and helped the IDF revolutionize its online presence. Not long after, he found himself working with Benjamin Netanyahu, one of the most influential, historic, also controversial, leaders in the history of our young country. More than five years and a gazillion political campaigns later, Topaz is still the Prime Minister's new media consultant and one of his most devoted and closest advisors. We're thrilled to have Topaz on the show today to talk about these turbulent times in Israel, his work with the Prime Minister, his worldviews, and much, much more. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You've been too kind with your introduction. <laughs> Accurate? Um, uh, well, the phone call was not from the Prime Minister itself, as you would expect. Um, I remember only getting out of the IDF from social media, being a social media team uh, in Dover itself, like you've said, uh, the communication unit in the IDF. Um, and I was moving to Berlin to study uh, German and to study over there, but with the hope to come back to Israel. Um, and all of a sudden, I got a phone call uh, from the political spokesperson of the prime minister who have said, Listen, we got in a little bit of a trouble. Uh, our social media content creator and advisor went away, he decided to go to South America to clear his head, and we need someone to replace him. Maybe he will come back, maybe not. Um, and I remember, in, I remember going into the Prime Minister's page to see what he was doing, because I remember seeing posts from him from time to time, but I didn't really was sure what he was doing. And going in, seeing that he was writing only putting his spokesperson like messages out and not writing his first body saying I'm doing this the prime and instead writing the prime minister is doing that mm. so make it more personal and then I saw there is a big opportunity to make some kind of a change and use this platform and to make his own voice and I think I I really took this opportunity and decided to come and go through uh, interviews and to see if I would be accepted and first I was sitting with his uh, political team and then I had the opportunity to meet with the Prime Minister. Tell us about that first meeting. <laughs> uh, 
I remember. What did you, were you nervous? Well, I was sweating a little <laughs> bit because uh, um, when you read about him and you see how he interacts on media and how he speaks to the people and how he runs uh, meetings uh, through what you see in the in the channels, uh, you know that he's a hell of an intelligent guy. So. Uh, what a 22 years old social media coming out fresh from the army could do for such a man that is so brilliant, especially in the way of communicating with people and having his message out. Um, and I was sitting with him and he was telling me his hopes and what he thinks uh, the system can do. And I think what what was uh, thing that we, we could agree on in this meeting that it's uh, a way to cross the editors of the old media. So mm -hmm. finally having a tool, being able to showcase his work, to showcase what he was doing all over these, these years, because his supporters are very loyal uh, and they know what's going on because they see how Israel grew economically and in so many ways. I think we can debate this, but overall when you see the, the roads and the amount of tourists before Corona pandemic coming into Israel, and so many accomplishments security-wise, the safest overall in, in decades. Um, the border that he was building against a lot of professional people here in Israel, sometimes against the IDF opinion and building the border in the south, doing a lot of really, really strong decision, but it, it almost vaguely even uh, pronounced in the old media system. Um, we can discuss this, we can go deeper why, the reason why they don't want to showcase his work. Um, so let's, let's talk a bit about the old media and new media uh, contrast, because I, I get the idea that, and I think it's great that new media gives uh, many people, politicians especially, direct communication to you know the public. Yeah. They, they can speak to them directly. Yeah. Um, but what it what it uh, I think lacks that the old media has is the fact the idea of posing tough questions, like putting tough questions in the face of the politicians or the figures. Right. There's no one there that you can ignore one of a thousand comments that's left on a post. So do you find that that's missing? How do you I mean, how do how do you make up for that? On the contrary, um, because. When Facebook announced the tool of having live broadcast, Facebook is the most used uh, platform here in Israel still, maybe not for long, but we can also speak about this later. But when the live stream was open and the opportunity to have Q&A uh, live, the prime minister seeing all the questions going on his screen, um, and he always asked, give me the hardest questions, always. Even though we as a spokesperson during the campaign, uh, we want to have to sugarcoat some things, and not to speak always on the hard topics. He always insists, I have answers for everything. Ask me the toughest of questions and I can answer. Um, and I think social media opened questions that are interesting to the public and not necessarily interesting for the editors that mostly have agenda here in Israel. Um, and having this opportunity to have this discussion over social media was priceless. Because first they saw that he was able to answer a very hard question during a time when he decided not to go to the old media platforms because he felt, rightly so, all of us, all the team that advised him on those kind of things, felt that he's being done a huge dis dishonor and justice in how they treat him even when he goes and have an interview. Uh, the interviewer wouldn't let him finish the question, wouldn't give him the, the most basics of, um, of treatment when you have an interviewer here. Uh, not as kind as you both here uh, <laughs> applying to me, but um, 
so we felt that this tool in this period of time that the media was really trying to uh, the, the old news channels try to harshly make everything that you do in a, in a bad in a bad way to have this option to show yeah. the public yeah i wonder you know one thing that really i feel is missing in israel that i just wish they had here is debates they yeah. had it once right in 90 oh, uh, they had no, several, several in the 90s in the 80s yeah but the last um, one was like what like uh, two yeah. decades ago yeah 99 do you think we're gonna see that again do you think that's a possibility i know he's probably i mean netanyahu is not afraid of it but. he's not he's not afraid of it but um well he was offering a debate in the last election he was offering and he was saying uh, i'm willing to do a debate so um i think also with this age that all the the knowledge and everything is out like everything that the person does it's out and when someone from the opposition want to say something against the prime minister he will tweet about it and then the prime minister will decide will he react or not his team will decide we will react or not so we have this ping pong of messages all the time occurring anyway uh yes there is something romantic and dramatic about having two people joining on the same stage and starting to uh, hustle between them so tell us a bit about just behind the scenes how was it like in the past five six years to work with benjamin Netanyahu? what he's like in real life many people are so curious about it I think up to this day when I wake up sometimes I find it crazy that I'm, that I'm working for him. It's like waking up to a dream every day. Um, I really have a privilege and honor working for this man. He's so kind and gracious and thinking about someone that is over like 60 something years of age and the experience that he has listening to someone that, you know, 22 years old uh, coming up to him saying How to How do you him, explain that? Well, I, I can't explain it that how his image was translated through the, the media and through the news reporters was so false because they always try to say to show that he's robotic, no zero emotions. And all of a sudden you find someone filled with emotion and heart and humor and willing to hear other opinions against his. He will be able to listen to anyone. He will make a decision in the end. You can even change his decision making in, let's say, uh, media, like let's say a tweet that you want to do or a Facebook post. Um, and he, he listens and you see it translate everywhere. Like even if his, um, let's say, security advisors come in um, or someone from different spectrums of his work, he will always give everyone the option until his last breath to explain why am I wrong and why you're right and which direction we should take. And this is what makes him a great leader, understanding that he needs to be open and needs to understand what's going on. Even now in the corona pandemic, there's a lot of uh, criticism that I've seen that uh, a lot of decision being mishmashed and yes and no, but it comes from a place that he listens. He see what the public, the public is saying, seeing what the, the struggles are uh, in this in shifting times. And he wants to make sure that uh, he makes the right decision and knowing, but letting the people know that if something is not working 100%, he's willing to change. And, and how would you describe him as a person in real life? Um, well, when my father passed away, the first person that came, almost one of the first people who came to my house was the prime minister and his wife. Um, and to see how much emotion he had. And, you know, I was following him all over the world and also in Israel. Uh, going to houses of families that lost their dears, uh, soldiers and so on, and to see uh, he, how he tears up in his eyes and how he wants to really understand how the, the family is feeling. And like seeing him in those hardships 
or getting really hard phone calls during the night or during his workday to hear that, uh, God forbid, one of our soldiers died or something happened, to see really the different side of him that is not, th that's also why we are very lucky to have social media and to have his willingness to shift into a world not having a full production crew, using your cell phone as a, as a platform of media and not having all this tools and understanding that you need to be rapid and to show the behind the scenes and the real person and not being too crafty about it saying, this is pure, this is what's going on right now. Um, and even using the quality of the, the iPhone for your advantage, although the quality is pretty good, but showing this is real. It's not, mm -hmm. there's not a producer behind it. Um, we can give him recommendations saying you can go this direction, you can go that direction, but he decides. And he has such great memory, like phenomenal memory, that you can give him some points that you think they're right. He has his points, he can read a paper and he remembers this by heart. He can stop, he can go. He really reads, he really go deep into the things that he wants to know. And he even understands social media. He knows what works or, or what doesn't work. Like he understands the term, he understands. Because when you, when you go back to the 90s, um, when he was first running for prime minister, uh, he was called uh, Mr. Television because he brought the, mm -hmm. the magic of American. American, commercial, all this class was coming here to Israel, production that we've never seen, typography, all those. He always go into those small details even today when he wanted to have a graph, an R, I want to have a full disclosure, uh, was an amazing part of our team of my team uh, during the campaign, during the last three, three campaigns. And he had the opportunity also to see up close how Prime Minister can go into your computer screen, even ours computer screen, yeah. and go into the little bits and say, and he's, he's always right, like he's not nitpicking. When he give you an, uh, an offer for something that he thinks that should be done, you always see that he was right, most of the times. Um, yeah, he's an incredible human being. Did you ever have like, uh, can you tell us about um, like a professional argument where you were sure he was wrong about something and you managed to, to convince him? Well, I'm still his advisor, so I will not go into specifics. And overall, I am very young and he's an expert. So <laughs> I... I'm a tool. But sometimes you manage to convince him like uh, in, in the could social... Be. Could be, could be that sometimes I could convince him. Uh, not even convincing, it's like showing him a new tool and saying, look, this, is, this could be great. I remember the first time when live broadcast came into Facebook like we spoke before um, and his eyes grew up because he understood the magnitude of this tool, having your live broadcast channel to speak with millions. And in the beginning, it was magical. I think the magic of Facebook that was uh, is slowly disappearing, of having a platform that worked pretty much chronological and pretty much having a notification to your followers and having much more reach, which was destroyed slowly from the system wanting to consume more uh, revenue uh, through ads. And this magic was appearing because you see like two, two and a half million followers getting a push notification, the Prime Minister is here live. And he's like knocking on the window, are you here? I want to talk to you. Um, and having all those moments. And yeah, 
was travel. Kind of like in the uh, campaign videos that he released. That's it's it's like a r- ongoing theme of his yeah. videos where he shows up in the everyday person's house, right? Knocks on the window, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, like the Passover Seder. So we use his image to yeah. our advantage. Like they yeah. build an image of someone that is very. Um, let's say high society in a sense cold cold and uh, from the old generation and then you see him like laughing and saying are you here and making random phone calls to people writing their phone numbers on the, yeah. the comments and uh, yeah so it, it's an amazing feature to destroy a lot of fake news and a lot of fake images that they wanted to build upon his yeah so what's a day-to-day like, like, you know, on the campaign and off the campaign? What's a day-to-day in uh, You don't have much life. life? Um, I, was Besides luck- work. I was lucky enough to be in the prime minister office officially and to be on the political side. So I had a chance to have a glimpse on his official work and have a glimpse on his work of a political figure. So I had a bit of both words, but worlds and... Um, Walk us through your craziest day that you remember. Wow. Wow. There's a lot of crazy days. Even abroad, because you can imagine uh, when we flew first time to Australia and we stopped in Singapore on the way and having time changes and you go off the plane and you need to see the agenda and you see, I would say, 20 events in one day. Uh, You're jet lagged. You're jet lagged. You have press conferences. You need to run. And you need to go from place to place. Remember what you need to do. Remember the people around you. Uh, remember the time schedule. And then you need to finish the day, go back to the plane, fly to Australia all over again, start it again, then come back to Israel, fly to Washington, D.C. a few days later for, let's say, the U.N. or White House, and then go. Even we had a flight that we went from South America back to the U.N. And you see his energy. You know, I'm... I'm 28 years old. I'm old. No, I'm joking. But you see, like, <laughs> I'm a kid. <laughs> like, How old are you? You're 31? 31. 31. We're, we're both, both, yeah. 31. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And we're discovering new things about both of you also. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we can, uh, I'll, so you, I'll ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 28 and you can't keep up with them? You can't keep up with them. No. Impossible. The job. I'm, uh, Joe Rogan likes to say about uh, the President of the United States, like, that the job. It's nearly, it's, it's, uh, no human can really do such a job perfectly. It's, it's, it's too crazy of a job, you know? It's, yeah. I think no human or system or device is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Um, and I think the example of the prime minister that he shows that he listens to other people. Like sometimes we hear uh, people saying to, to other people who accomplish something in their life, you're a self-made man. Like I heard someone saying in a speech, there's no such thing. Because we use the help of people around us. Every system in school, family, in our life. We have so many great people that we meet, give us great advice, great knowledge that then we use and uh, take it to ourselves, and we see how we can have a good progress. Mm -hmm. So this is the example the Prime Minister is giving. Always the willingness to learn. Always a book in his hand. You know, the Smith that uh, good business... He doesn't binge. He doesn't binge. No. (laughs) Uh, he binges books. He, yeah, he binges books um, always. Every, like, he can fly on the, we can fly on the helicopter, and he has a few minutes before landing. The, the book will be in his hand. He will take the flashlight from the bodyguard, put it on the, like, strap or something, and it will start reading his book all the time. Every time that he has a spare minute. And I think we can all take this as an example, living in, uh. in an age that we're going from tweet to tweet, and 
uh, crisis to crisis to really go deep and learn from our history and other people that are smarter than us. There's Netflix documentaries for that. <laughs> <laughs> and YouTube. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, it, like, do you find yourself, I wonder if you, I'm assuming that you're on the, the right side of the spectrum. Yeah, of course. Do you find yourself disagreeing with his policies ever and putting that, like, having to uh, say to yourself, like, okay, let me put that aside because I, I have a job to do? Well, no, I don't find it at all because um, when you come, when you see that he comes from such a genuine place, he truly believes that he is uh, there in his position to protect the state of Israel and to do the best in his powers to protect and to grow and to to do all of his powers and everything that he's learned to make this country progress. So when he has in a in a decision or an idea or a political thought. I'm with him 100%, 100%. We are a team, like all the team that surrounds him. We are a team and we go behind him and we trust him. And when we think something is not 100%, we go and tell him. And this, this is only between me and him or his other advisors and other people who surround him. It's nothing that should go out. It's something that always be... Yeah, but did, did this build up like... When you started, were you... Yeah. A you weren't a devoted... Uh, BB voter or were you and was it was it like a process throughout the years that you saw and you learned this about yourself and you became that well I come from a world that trying to see a problem and see the right the, the clearest way to solve it so it doesn't have to be necessarily right or left um, but I see that most of the ideals that I believe in during the years when I grew up were more attached to the right um, You're, it's a Likud home? Yeah. Your home? Yeah, Likud is my home because um, Likud has all of the, the minorities, Ethiopians and Arabs and from the Tel Aviv and from outer places. I'm from Ashkelon personally. Um, all over the place. You have people that are part of the Likud. stabbing scars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. No, or has uh, never been out of Tel Aviv. No. <laughs> You need a passport now to go out yeah. of Tel Aviv. It's the only use that you have now. He doesn't know which direction Ashkelon <laughs> You know, but when, you, when we speak about the subject of uh, truly supporting and coming from a real place, um, I see a lot of people from the left aisle or friends that I knew over the years looking at me, are you really a BB supporter? Could it be? Like, are you sick? You need to, you have a corona or something? Do you really? And I say, yes, I truly believe in him. And I think that everyone that studies the, the subject of Prime Minister Netanyahu and everyone who decides to dig deep and to see his motives and where he's coming from all the, all the time it's from a good place and he made such phenomenal things in the state of Israel even as a minister of economy he opens this we had before the Likud got into power and the founders of our country that considerably were more in the left side, not necessarily about land, but necessarily about the economy in mind, of having more closed markets, more things that are controlled by the country. And this created a lot of um, um, a closure for minorities to grow. Um, and me coming from a house that was partially Moroccan, my father 
Moroccan side, my mother is from the Ashkenazi side. So I learn about both universe, like the universe that came here before, the universe that came a little bit later, and the feeling of despair looking up to the older generation that came here that controlled this country in a way that uh, a lot of them couldn't have a good real progress. And this changed, this changed mm -hmm. as soon as people understood that we can get along with other people running the, the show. And we had Begin, Begin, which was a great prime minister, made a lot of great things for Israel. Um, and people now, even in the left, a lot of people like to fall in love with the idea that we had Begin and he was so official. People miss uh, Begin miss, now, yeah, the left. Miss, and the left, they are the one that was comparing him to Hitler. They are the one that... It always Begin. happens. It always happens. Now yeah, on, but, in the States also, they yeah. look back at Bush and they talk, they about, him. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. talk about him nostalgically. And I'm like what <laughs> yeah. you guys hated that man yeah and i could bet in 20 years we'll hear where is prime minister benjamin Netanyahu? Yeah, yeah. why we do what did we do as youngsters we went the wrong <laughs> way I, when i think about the campaign sometimes people ask me what i, I the thing i think a very basic thing i learned um is that the people who support Netanyahu uh, and we had like what 1.3 million 1.3 yeah uh, last elections so they are 1.3 voted for him. yeah yeah million um they it's are no. they are <laughs> they they're not stupid no you know people no. think like that they do it because it's their instinct no they do it they are thinking about it fully aware of everything no some of them might be stupid but that's the situation. That's my issue with the way that it's painted. That like the, but there's this general vibe on the left, right? That like we need to protect ourselves from the stupid masses. Like yeah, there's some stupid people. There's some smart people. But that's also the idea the of democracy: is that everybody votes, and you have to respect the idea that in total people are making the decision that's right for us. Yes. Because but it's safe to assume that most people, like, they vote Likud. They know what they're doing. Like, they think about it, um, and they don't do it because they're robots. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say stupid. I think I would say misconception, misunderstanding of the situation. Because when you see people from the left, especially older generation, you see they come from a place of a lot of hate. Like, they hear the word Netanyahu, and anger comes into them mm -hmm. like it's not even understood like they can't even explain it they can't go into details why we don't like prime minister Netanyahu. and when you go on the right a lot of them can be very uh like they could explain why they like prime minister Netanyahu, but they can't explain why they hate the left like there is also this void of not knowing to know how, like how to explain why they hate them like they don't go back to the history and understanding what happened before just they have a feeling, which rightly so, that he's being crucified 100% all the time. All the time, uh, they're trying to make him go away. It's not Why? working. It's not working for... Um, there is a lot of reasons. Who is they, first of all? Who is they? Um, well, we spoke a little bit before um, uh, the older generation that built this country, uh, the white tribe, let's say, um, that they don't like this change. They don't like the, they don't like this thing that is running in a different direction because they believe uh, we can reach a peace agreement with the Palestinian Authority right now. We can do a lot of things that the Prime Minister now is not doing. Um, welfare country. We should have a welfare. We should have a welfare country. We should spend money like even before. You know, Corona time changed the economy, economical strategy of Israel. But they wanted even before to spend like there is no tomorrow. 
Um, and I think a thriving economy, a thriving country is based on competition. You need to have this sense of competition. Without, I think there is a good synergy in Israel between being uh, helpful to weaker uh, parts of uh, uh, the public and to be also supportive of competition and growth and having the ability for foreign companies to come to Israel. And I think there is a lot of work still to be done, which the Prime Minister is pushing with a sense of biocracy and making companies more willing to open new doors in Israel and to have more of an easy system to build a business and understand all the rules. So why do they way. want him well, I think so they, badly? I think they blame him for the evil murder of Prime Minister Rabin. Um, I think they still, they still, yeah, they still. And I think there's a lot of people to blame for this. But the facts, let's speak about facts only. The prime minister in every demonstration of the right, he came up and said, we have an issue with a political opponent. He's not a traitor. He is a political opponent who makes mistake and he will clear his path and we will change him through the, you know, through votes, through election. And he said it time and time, even in uh, uh, Tzion Square, all the time, he said this. And you have even opponents in politics in the 90s coming up to the studio saying, stop with the lies. Prime Minister Netanyahu was not inciting for the killing of Robin all the time. He made it very clear it's a political issue. It's not about the person. He's not a traitor. Rabin accused him in real time of... Well, you know, when things heat up in politics, uh, sometimes you go into stress mode. You know, you don't speak about the sense of things. He's the head of opposition. He's very talented. He was a threat. Um, and I think he tried to push this responsibility to him, which was wrong. I, th I don't see it as something... If the man goes out and says time and time again, he's not a traitor. He's not... He's a, he's a war hero. He has a lot of uh, medals on his name, but he's wrong. His political path is wrong. And he was insistive of saying this every single time that he heard or saw that Rabin's name was being butchered, not in the right way. Um, it's a fact. It's not, it's, not, it's not nothing that we can find. And even the murderer says, like, the main thing yeah. that pushed him was the extremist rabbis who gave the... Yeah. The agreement on yeah, this Yeah, they like said, yeah, yeah you, you can basically, you can go and kill him. Even there, I mean, I'm sorry, but even they're not responsible. In the end, it's like, that, that's, a, that's a, another issue that I had. It's taking away human agency. I mean, he pulled the trigger. The whole idea of inciting violence, yeah. like, is gone a little too far. This hate speech idea that like, okay, you, you know, because someone said hateful stuff, then they motivated someone yeah. to murder someone. Like, you commit murder then the person who committed the murder takes responsibility for it. Yeah. And it's not even like you can find a quote where he said, you know, we should take out this person. It's just, I mean, yeah, it seems yeah. to me ridiculous. I, we are more sophisticated as humans to understand that we can't blame an entire public on something that one person did. Here in Israel, you can often hear, uh, if you're a right winger, you, you would you'd be told by a leftist, you guys murdered Rabin. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the entire time. right, the All entire the right. Even now, even now that we see the crazy incitement going on against Prime Minister Netanyahu, you see so many harsh uh, tweets, comments, posts, people saying this publicly on the streets here in the demonstration, saying he should be killed. His uh, year, his son should have been killed. His wife also. We need to. We need to kill them. We need to stop them. We need to find Someone ways wrote, to... Someone wrote, too bad I couldn't 
go back in time and stab yeah. uh, Sarah when she was in, pregnant with Yair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty oh, rough. Crazy. What, like on Twitter, on social media? Yeah. yeah, with his own name. It's like, it's crazy. I like, mean, if you could go back in time, you should have killed Hitler. What, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Even today, we had in the media a story saying um, there was an incitement, incitement post. Someone wrote, uh, we should kill Prime Minister Netanyahu, etc., and say this is a fake user. Like the left and the media, which almost the same thing, were saying, uh, how could it be that the Prime Minister is sharing this horrible incitement, which is a fake profile? Someone is standing behind this fake profile. You know, someone wrote this. It's not like a robot. Took I mean, the, yeah, someone yeah. is an Indonesian guy, but someone pays him. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that's his. Yeah, the we guy. Can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I really, I really wish that the police will find out, like the cyber team should find out who is behind this. Maybe we'll have a comment farm. And I remember, Nor, during the campaign uh, that so many companies came up to us, to me, I don't know if to you, uh, saying we want to offer you 300 commenters. We want to offer you a team. Likes. Likes. Comments. And yeah, yeah. Like have, yeah, make your opinions out. And no, we didn't because... Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has such loyal fan, fan base that are existing in social media doing the same work and doing this honestly. And I remember in the campaign in 2015, um, there was a woman that was calling me crazily trying to say, I want to volunteer, I want to take part in the social media effort. Um, and I said, okay, come, I want to meet you, let's see how you can help. And we found out she was a reporter from Channel 12. So she went in with a hidden camera, and um, she was trying to say, I want your messages page. I want you to understand what is our goals, who we need to attack. I want to have the exact messages from Balfour. And I said to her, no, we don't have this. Are you a right winger? You know what we stand for? And she was like, you know, she was like, didn't know what to answer. I was saying, so why are you here? If you don't know how to answer those things, and who is our enemy? Like at the time, we had a very clear media enemy uh, enemy is not the right word rival. some rival adversary. Uh, adversary called noni moses that he was using his entire operation to darken the name of prime minister and i would make sure that he will not win the election he's a media mogul he's here a, in yeah he's Israel. a media yeah a media mogul the other and mm -hmm. other outlets and uh, yeah so in the end uh, it came out as people understood who watched it that we are not working with fake users we're not working with the intention to have fake news out yes sometimes we falsely share something that it was we found out that is wrong but it's not intentional because sometimes you find in a news outlet and you take this article and you put it in and you find out that it was maybe not 100 percent right and then we change mm -hmm. it a lot of reporters here in the israeli media uh, world are not gracious enough to say I was wrong. They can't. Even so, when they say that they're wrong, they don't apologize to the prime minister to say we are. No, Maybe, never. Uh, never. Ap Apologizing's for the weak. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so she actually broke into the campaign, like br like broke in, quote unquote, and then she didn't end up. Uh... They had a series of um, interview, like they had a series, like a show in the Channel Twelve. Um, when they were smuggling themselves into different campaigns. Like they started with uh, Labor and Mahanat Sionidan, uh, the Zionist, how you say it? Uh, camp. Zionist camp, yeah. And they did it to every party. And then the Likud came up. And then I saw my face on television. And then I understood that uh, she was uh, a reporter. And she was trying very hard. Like 
I will give it to her that she was calling, insisting to come. And I thought, maybe, okay, if she's so enthusiastic, maybe she could help. But she didn't get what she wanted. So mm -hmm. coming up to me, she didn't get. Maybe from other per people in the campaign of the Likud, she went in different places. Uh, maybe she managed to get something. Uh, but overall, no. But did they bro They didn't broadcast? They it? did. Ah, they, they did. did, yeah. I see. And, but in over was it hurtful or was it uh, no. to the campaign? I think it was the first time I saw my face on television. and uh, <laughs> Surely not the last. Surely not the last. But I remember the meeting so correctly and I knew that I didn't say anything that could hurt the campaign effort. So I, I was I happy. Like every time you have a conversation uh, in this topics of what I work in, uh, you always feel like it's in this set. Like even if I speak with someone in the, the Knesset, um, in a side way, I, I'm speaking to him as if I'm being recorded all the time. You always need to have this that sense mindset. of, yeah, this mindset. Oh, yeah, 100%. Let's address the elephant in the room. It's like, a, what, what's the Hebrew saying? Shaviti Adonai Lenegdi Tamid. So Shaviti, the media. It's like right. you always or, have to feel like yeah, not only the media, they're the right. new gods. Yeah. So you're rivals. You know, yeah. they send spies, they have you yeah, tapped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's address the elephant in the room, which is the demonstrations and the legal issues. Mm -hmm. So in recent weeks in Israel, since the elections, there's uh, turbulence. Um, thousands of, of uh, protesters outside of the prime minister's residence. Uh, Left-wing-ish. I think it's safe to say. Kick the ish. Uh, <laughs> and oh, so basically they want him to resign. That's essentially what they want. Yeah. And the reason is they think he's corrupt. And the reason yeah. they think that is because of the legal cases. Yeah. We're not going to dive really deep into the cases, but, but generally what do you think about... I mean, he's, he's about to face a very um, hard process... Um, and he will need to, I mean, in Israel, you, you don't prove your innocence. You've got to prove that, but in yeah. reality, we know how it is here. He will need to prove his innocence to the court, right? Yeah. Because defend his innocence. Yeah. That's in theory, but in practice, because you know, uh, that's how it is. That's how it is. Proven yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that? First how of do you all, feel about, about the demonstration, I think it's outrageous. Uh, because we have real suffering of people going through dramatic times in history. Like, I think in modern time, humanity never faced a struggle like uh, the corona pandemic. Economically, um, the future doesn't look very bright. We don't see clearly anymore in a lot of ways. And I think using the suffering of people with so much stress, because uh, the demonstration were kind of voice that we could rely on to listen to struggles that different fields in Israel has. If it's the artists and restaurants and uh, people that brings uh, sh studios and shows and uh, production field and tourism, all those fields have their voice that should be heard in this difficult, difficult time. Uh, not all of them have connection to clerks inside the government. Not all of them know how to put their messages out. So it's important to have this democratical right to go out and say, what is our, your pain? And I think this pain was kidnapped, was truly kidnapped by, by the left, by the extreme left, because they couldn't put aside their, like their hate, which was also really well um, felt during the campaigns. Like you see, it's only about the men. 
It's like no reason behind it. They can say the reasons and they can state that he's corrupt, which is completely untrue. He's the least corrupt person I know. Um, every time that someone even says something that could be in the spectrum of not 100%, he kicks him out. Even before when all of those stories came out, saying, because I'm working for him since November 2014, so even before all the stories came out, I saw how he interacts, I saw how he works. Everything is documented, everything, even when you go into case 4000, because they gave freaking names to it. They wanted, you know, there's some people behind it, we can discuss who are those people. They want to make a big story out of it. They want to make it like a Hollywood story. So 4000, the case of him giving a billion shekel out of the money of the government to have favorable press. But the sad story is that there is zero favorable press. You see nothing. You see exactly the opposite. You see a media outlet that was so against him. And I think uh, if, if like having good media is uh, something that is corrupt, that's what they're trying to prove. Um, so having bad media could be trying to, uh, how you would say, like, how do you say it in blackmail. English? Blackmail. Blackmail. Yeah. So, so the opposite would be blackmail. So every reporter that goes and speaks against a politician is blackmailing him because he wants to get the better story. So he wants to get... So this is absurd. But The relationship between media and politicians was always shady. Yeah. And it will always be shady, I guess. Um, but, now, but now, I mean, the state took upon itself to prove yeah. that it's this relationship is corrupt and that's a big challenge for for the state for the state for the persecutor to prove first they need to lock up all the 119 under mks <laughs> if they want to start and prove this because uh this relation is fragile and uh, every reporter will tell you when he wants to get the story or if another mk or a minister goes to a different channel and not to his channel, there will be consequences. Like, there will be things happening if you will not be coming to me and giving me the, 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 all the best stories. And I think this relation, it's, it's wrong because they use their power and influence to make the politician. I got to tell you guys yeah. an anecdote. I once knew a politician who was a minister uh, many years ago, and he told me a story. He told me the first day I went to the cabinet uh, meeting, which is secret here in Israel, right? You can't, uh, it's a secret meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I get out of the meeting and I get a phone call from a journalist. And uh, hello, what's up? And this he tells me, right, the, this minister. And he tells me, the reporter tells him, so, so what? So what did they say in the meeting? So the minister tells him, I mean, I can tell you. Because it's, it's secret. A cabinet yeah. meeting. Yeah. And the journalist tells him, X, let's call him Joseph. Joseph, uh, I'm going to fuck you up. If you're not, yeah. if you yeah. won't tell me, I'll fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this and is this was his first experience of cabinet. So and did, how he get, did he get fucked? Actually, he did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Actually, he did. Yeah. If, wow. you're, if you don't give information to reporters in this world, you're fucked. You are. Because you rely on them. This is, we spoke about why social media is great. There's a lot of bad side in, into social media, but what is great that it's, it's ki it killed the monopoly. There is no more the sense that in order to me having my work out, I don't need to have... But uh, that's why they fight so hard yeah, for their place. Course. They even, sh they change the way they report on things. You know, every reporter now has his Twitter account. 
agenda. And they, yeah. and they showcase their agenda and they go into the extremes. You know, you see reporters also like Barack Ravid or Ben Kaspit, all of those kind of people crazingly speaking against prime minister. And they're like, I call it in Hebrew, we say like somebody that is obsessive, like obsessive. And I say obsebibi, like they have <laughs> this obsession against Netanyahu, which is Unex unexplainable and those are the kind of people who will never be admitting that they were wrong oh, Ben Kaspit made a career out of that yeah but now he's the spokesperson of the demonstrations like yeah. his entire life is devoted to show that, that there is a movement that it's not I think there is a reason why it's not working because the Israeli mindset when we have time of stress when we have time that we need to come together we usually come together during wars and we have our fair share of crazy events going on in this country and we have this really deep sense and i think this is one of the things that kept the jewish people so united is that we know how we know how to come together we learn the history of the past especially on the day that we're conducting this interview uh and we speak about a thousand years a thousand years ago when we fought each other and we didn't we were not able to look in each other's eyes and to say that um we may be not agreeing on everything, but we we like each other. Like we have same goals, we have same things that we, same points that we want to reach in our lives. Politics could be put aside sometimes, and we need to be able to hear other side of the story. And I remember driving a few days ago to Jerusalem, and I was going to Balfour to see the prime minister. And on the way, I stopped in the gas station, and I met uh, two old couple, looked very nice, wearing the prime minister shirts. Coming back or going to... Going to the demonstration. <laughs> I was going to the prime minister, they're going to the demonstration. So... You were he, going to prime minister, they were going to crime minister. They're going to the crime minister. <laughs> yeah, they're fake world. And he, <laughs> he came up to me, this gentleman, and he was telling me, are you coming to the demonstration? I was telling, <laughs> I was telling him, no, I'm not. And he said, it's not good. It's not good. Um, and I was telling him, I think you're very much wrong. And there is an other world that you should learn about it. And people that support BB are not bad people. I myself support BB. I said, no, people that support BB are not in my spec. And I don't want to see them. I don't want to interact with them. Uh, he was very rude about this. But slowly I was speaking to him and I was going into like saying, you need to understand there is another mindset. And it's like, it's like disappeared. It like, doesn't exist. Like this option to have, a D I like to have harsh political talks with people that I find. I like it. I like to dive deep, to fight and then to have agreements and disagreements. But, you know, on yeah. Tinder, uh, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> good <yeah>. segue. Yeah. <laughs> on Tinder, uh, when I match with a girl, one of the first things I tell her is that I work with Bibi because that's the point. Like at least fifty percent here in Tel Aviv, at least fifty percent of the girls. Abort. Yes, yes, and that's <laughs> unmatch, unmatch, <laughs> SOS, and that's what you like to do: scare away <laughs> half of them as fast as possible. Oh, no, because when I meet a woman, I try to scare her away. <laughs> you should put in your profile picture the photo that you took with the prime yeah. minister, so you make it clear. Exactly. No, because I, I the, the logic is maybe it's wrong logic, but I'm it's it's a deal breaker for so many people mm -hmm. that I don't want to waste my time on someone who's it's a deal it's a good thing he's not single imagine what a hard time he'd have on Tinder <laughs> but it's uh yeah I mean yeah. it's yeah it's a crazy thing but it, yeah, I don't think we're doing that bad I mean I just like I just, I'll point uh, Israel oh, I'll okay. point I won't say much but I'll just point to the west like there's places I where mean, corona wise or no i'm talking about like the, the inability to communicate Interact. to find yeah. common ground i uh. think that 
it still exists in it. I mean, just for example, everybody at my office knows I'm the right wing BB guy. That mm. doesn't pr- like it's not like we can't get along. Yeah, they hate you, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm outcast. No, but they they it's not like we can't get along yeah, and we, we hang be, out. Yeah, and... We spoke about Robin that you know it's not fair to blame an entire group on one person's mind, and I'm saying it's starting to grow. I, I still it's, find yeah. a lot. I still find a lot of people from the left that are willing to speak and dive deep, but. Um, it's lacking. It's, you slowly see that there is a growth of people not willing to hear the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. And this is what is frightening to me because me as someone is sometime could be recognizable on the street. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that because I know that a lot of people will yeah. not take it. Now you get lightly. lots of attention on Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, one of the things that bothers me is that we import uh, American left-wing culture which i think is what's what's really starting to cause that problem the demonstrations here are are inspired by yeah the... yeah also on social media we follow only people that we agree with like you can go into your feed maybe it's different on twitter a little bit but when you go into your facebook page all your friends usually will be in the same it's mindset. the algorithm yeah also yeah. it's the algorithm because facebook doesn't want to make you pissed they don't want to make you angry when you go into their into their yeah. platform they want you to have a fun experience yeah, it's an echo, echo chamber because yeah, a lot of people that have a different yeah as you see someone from the left they will get mad like it can ruin their day seeing a very disgusting post against the prime minister so um yeah this also i think this algorithm should be changed that we see the other side of the coin like all the time um Did you talk to mark about it of course every day <laughs> he's on your speed speed dial <laughs> yeah. uh, facebook I, I don't think facebook are very much supportive of those ideals they are a machine can, made to make money to make profit so i don't think do you uh, think one they, thing they, that it, that should be said to their credit though is that they they're they're on the better side of the spectrum when it comes to the social media outlets like i I, twitter do admire them for like not being the arbiter of truth as he put it like they're they try not to censor as much as twitter and yeah you know other outlets although here now we had there was a funny thing now people when people discovered that when you write bensi gopstein on facebook you just write bensi gopstein who is a extreme right-wing um kahana admirer like a very bad guy but but you don't need to say anything you just write on your status bensi goldstein right and they block you for 30 days no. what yeah. you don't even need to post it no you post uh, it if you, post you just it? post bensi goldstein yeah. and and they block you <laughs> so but i have to disagree with uh facebook have i don't think they have credit in this field because um, even now, the example that I gave today, there was an incitive post uh, from a profile that was working uh, for a very long time, even during the campaign, um, speaking politically and going against the prime minister, against the Likud, against the right. And a lot of people from Likud, like social media activists, people going on those platforms, they were reporting of this person so many times to Facebook and had zero response, like zero, like the system couldn't find anything wrong. And this profile was inciting, the profile was really extreme, it was horrible. And only when the media in Israel today, only when the media wanted to find out, hey, maybe the prime minister shared a fake profile with incitement against him, only then Facebook kicked them out. So this, why when only a high level of authority or media outlet goes up to Facebook, only then they do something. And I encountered so many people on the right saying, I'm not seeing post by Benjamin Netanyahu. I do favorite on his page. I want to see the content and it's not coming up. 
So I don't want to be someone that raises conspiracy. up conspiracy uh, yeah. theories, but you, you feel it. I don't know if it's directed. There's a hand that's sort of directing this. Maybe it's a fucking the algorithm. Maybe, I don't know. But you feel that there is injustice being done, on, especially on Facebook for right ideas. So what will happen with the cases? I mean, we're going to... Well, those cases are... You know, in a nutshell, are deep. It's not a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Not for the state, the prosecutor, and not for the, the prime minister. The entire system is uh, recruited to make sure that he will not continue. Because again, like we said before, they blame him on so many things. They want to. For them, he's the epitome of evil, and they will do everything in their power to drop him down. They brought cases that were never existing in the Israeli law system and in, uh, in systems around the world, and. You see the facts. The facts are out there. Uh, and I think the right decision that should have been made is to kick them in the beginning, not even taking them to court. Because um, I see how he works. I know the people that are in, involved in this case. And you, just, you understand that they are trying to push on a message. They are trying to push on a message to, we want to make his life miserable. We just want to make his life miserable, even announcing about those cases. Even the attorney, attorney general couldn't wait for the prime minister to come back from his important meeting in the, in the, in the White House. We, you know, we, it was a huge event. Uh, and during his important like, work that he does for the country, they push it out. They couldn't wait a single moment. They couldn't wait two days that he comes back. So you see their and action. And the case isn't closed, by the way. Action, still, uh... Their actions are fueled with hate. It's like you can't hide it. You can't hide it. it. It's there. And I really, I really believe that the truth will come out. And I really believe that a lot of people will need to be deeply sorry for what they did and how they tried to make his life miserable. But he's extremely strong. Extremely strong. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're to happy think that about. we could give you an hour of rest. Cause, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Uh, uh, anything... We didn't mention anything you want to add. Well, are we going to? I have a list in my pocket, <laughs> so I'll put it out. Um, we're going to elections, you think? No, I don't think we're. I don't know. Well, every <laughs> every democracy goes into election now and then, but we had too many elections, and also, you know, so many fake idea, fake ideas, and fake concepts they're trying to push. Like the prime minister is he is the reason why we're going to election. No, it's not true. Because on the first election, we actually won. And we had Lieberman changing the, the game and saying, I'm, oh, you I'm had not... You had 300 votes. You have 1,000 votes for... 1,000 votes for, for, your, for Yamina. For Bennett. For Bennett and Chaquette, which it's crazy. Because Bennett and Chaquette have so much responsibility on their shoulders. Because when they went into the first election, in Ap the election that was in April, um, they went against their base, saying, we want to uh, attract new audience. We want to have more... Uh, concert like uh, not religious uh, supportive base. They took a risk because in here in Israel you need yeah. at least four mandates to to pass. So they took a bet in, on their political career and on the the, the, the country's um, future and process as having this right uh, government, and they did the worst campaign on the book. <laughs> really, like yeah. every mistake that could have That's been done. Bad. Like they were singing a song. I need to be Minister of Defense, I need to be Minister of Justice. Like, it was so bad and untasteful. And the only thing they should have done is saying, we love the country, we are patriotic, we are Zionist, come and vote for us. 
and they would have passed, but they made every mistake. You have Bennett in the in Robin Square holding a pigeon saying, I don't know, like so many mistakes. <laughs> true story, guys. Yeah, true st I don't know. And Shaked, a fake perfume commercial. Yeah. I think this was the second election. Uh, it was second election. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. it was the second. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. mixed up. <laughs> yeah, well, everything's mixed. But yeah, but but they had like 1,000 votes they needed to pass. Yeah. And then we'd ha we'd never be here because like we'd never be in a second election, third elections. Um, and there was and a lot of yeah. claim that you had fake uh, forgery during the, the counting, counting of the votes, yeah. and it was never the investigated. Vote, right? Yeah, but not only like there's forgery always, and yeah. but no one's really investigated it. They don't have the manpower really to go to. Yeah, right? there were huge uh, pieces on on the newspaper with yeah. evidence and, and, and testimonies. Yeah. I think they had a. I, I don't know if they had a goal. I think they did, um, but I think there wasn't an, enough manpower to do this. And the party, like the Likud, took it on its responsibility to say we want to discover things. Even in the last election, we said we want to go in. We have the manpower. It's legally to do so. So you know they put up um, an um, how you say it, a judge from the highest level, Meltzer. So they took Meltzer and they said to him, we want to do, to discuss this, we want to look into it, we want to find out if there was uh, misuse of the, the, if there was mistakes in the, in the counting, and they said no, and they took the time to say no. Like they made sure no one will nitpick in what they do. Yeah, um, and then it was too late and we were already in second election. Yeah, and we were already in second election. Yeah. So you're saying... So no, no. All, a lot of the chaos and that we had could have been avoided. So will we have fourth elections? No. Uh, the, well, on the Prime Minister <laughs> side, it's like it takes two to tango, yeah. and this is uh, it's very fragile. The well, situation it won't be fourth at this point because we already had a government, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah, we, it's a restart. So yeah. if it will happen, be, it'll be the first be a, election. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and it, it'll be one. like the the second tr trilogy of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, no, but it's the third trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> the Prime Minister he said he will do anything in his power to avoid an election, um, and I think the. The partners who joined in to go inside blue and white, uh, they need to grow up politically. They need to face the fact that sometimes in politics you don't work by the clock of your supporters. You need to go sometimes against them. Like Ben Gurion said, we need we do what is right. We do what the people needs to know know what the people want, what they need, and if they will grow up politically and will understand that part of it is to have political sacrifices, like the sacrifices Benjamin Netanyahu did when he was Ministry, Minister of Economy and Treasury, when he was going against the entire world, also against his base, like he took a lot of... And he paid a price. And he paid a huge political price, a huge one. Yeah, but this is the price leaders should take. You know, when you know that you're taking the right decision, you can take this price and the history pages will treat you well. That's for sure. Thank Kapaz, you so much. Thank you so much for having amazing. me. It was amazing. Thank you. Before we go, we have three collaborations. The first is with the Jewish Journal in Los Angeles. They're at jewishjournal.com. Check them out for news, pieces, articles, podcasts, jewishjournal.com. Also, also, Israel National News. We collaborate with Arutz Sheva here in Israel. They have a great English website, so check them out, israelnationalnews.com. And finally, in Australia, the Australian Jewish News, ajn.timesofisrael.com for everything that has to do with Australia and the Jewish community there. And we accept donations, so please help yes. us out. Go to twinjb.com slash donate and pay us some money. And that is <laughs> it. Um, people can find you. You're in social media. 
mainly on Twitter. But not in English much. Not in English much. But you can use yeah, Translate. You can use Translate. Some pretty interesting yeah, you stuff. You have the button on downstairs, just press So it. it's Topaz, T-O-P-A-Z. Luke is L-U-K, guys. So look Thank him up. Thank you so much. Nice. Thank you so Good much. Good luck. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.